Excited to be in church today? What a blessing to be in this nation where we can just walk into a church. You know, we were somewhere the other day where we were traveling. It was actually on a Sunday we were taking Ramsey to school. And we had missed church. It was weird. But I told Kim while we were driving through somewhere, and I said, you know, somebody that says they can't go to church in this nation ain't looking very hard. There is a church everywhere. People say, well, maybe that ain't the church I'm supposed to go to. Well, maybe you are supposed to go there, even though it doesn't believe like you, because you could change it. (laughs) Sometimes God will send you somewhere for others. Do you ever think about that? The fact is, almost always, He'll send you somewhere. You might pick up what you need, but you'll leave what they do. Amen? Amen? It's a good thing. You go and you pick up what you need and you leave what they need. Glory to God. Okay, everybody put your glad pants on. We'll we'll preach about something else. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's get into the Word today. Let's pray before we do. Father God, we thank You for Your Word, Lord. We honor You in everything that we say and do, Lord. We pray that Your Word go forth, not the ideas or traditions of man, but the truth of the Word of God, Lord, that we would be receptive hearers in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, that we would receive Your Word with gladness and with a good and right heart, and it would produce fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. And we give You glory for it in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, the title of the message today is No Strings Attached. Glory to God. How many have ever gotten a gift that they knew had strings? Yeah, that's the one you wished you didn't take, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one you wished you didn't take. Because gifts with strings, they're not gifts. Amen? Gifts given with a wrong motive or an impure heart are not gifts at all. And usually they'll be a burden to the receiver and they will not bless the giver. They can't bless the giver, actually, because they're not a gift. Amen? But the Lord, He's got a way of doing everything right, and He teaches us how to do it. Glory to God. How many want to be, how many givers I got in here? How many want to be a great giver? How many know that no matter how much you know about giving, God knows more? Amen? Amen? And we can learn more about giving because giving is not what you do, giving is how you do it. Right? You could hand somebody $100 and it never be a gift. Because you had ulterior motives when you handed it to him. <laughs> okay. Let's go into some scripture today. Thus saith the Lord. Psalm 19, verse 8. Let's start there. And how many know the Lord is a giver? And his motives are always right. His, 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 his motives are always you and me. He doesn't give with something else in mind. He's not giving to manipulate a response. He's giving because He loves. And everything He does, He gives out through Himself, who is love. And because it's given through love, it's, it, it is love to the, to the receiver. And so its value is infinite and unfailing because love gave it to you with a heart of love and it, 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 only, it can only succeed. Amen? Gifts come, well, let's look at this. Jesus is the greatest gift ever given by God. Amen? For God so loved the world that He gave. It doesn't say the world so needed God that He gave. We did need God, but that's not why He gave. He gave because He loved us. He gave what we needed because He loved us. His motive was not our need. His motive was His love. 
And because he loved, he gave. And he asks us to be the same way. Right? People say, you mean I can't give to meet somebody's need? If your motive's love, you can. God gave to meet our need. But he gave because he loved us. Amen? What if your motive is you just want to tell people that you met someone's need? No value. Well, it got its value. You told somebody. And you were happy after you told them. So your value was, what, 30, 45 seconds? You were happy, right? (laughs) Everybody going to stay with me? It's going to be good, I promise. The Lord will help us. Amen? Uh, Psalm 19, verse 8 says, The the statutes of the Lord are right. How many know God's always right? Amen. Amen. Amen? Everything He says, every way of His is right. Not just everything He says and does, every way. And you know why it's right? Because it has a pure motive, a love motive. Everything He does benefits others. He doesn't do things to benefit Himself. He does things to benefit others. Right? His, his, everything that God does, that's why He's right. And everything He does rejoices the heart. So if God tells you to do something, and you're like this, i got to go do this. God said do it. <laughs> then you're, you didn't do it right. You heard it wrong. You read it wrong. It's not you, right? Because when God asks you to do something or reveals Himself to you in any way, and then it's right and it should make you happy. And if it does not make you happy, you received it wrong. <laughs> okay. God's trying to get something good to you and He asks you to do something you don't want to do. But He can't get something good to you unless you do it. So you need to realize when God asks you to do something, He's trying to do it, get something to you, not from you. Right. Amen. Amen? It doesn't matter if He asks me to mow somebody's lawn. I need to smile and go, oh, God's trying to bless me. <laughs> and I need to have a real smile. And trust me, that's not going to be easy. <laughs> but when I trust the Lord and the love of God in me and through me, then I'll realize not only is He trying to bless them, He's trying to get something to and through me. Amen? Because God benefits others. And everything that He's put in you, He put in you to benefit others. And the ability to give is something that only people that have the love of God in them have the ability to do. People say, what do you mean? You mean people that don't know God, don't know how to give? They don't have the love to do it with. If the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, and you do not have the Holy Spirit, do you have the love of God? He is the ultimate giver. Therefore, His giving is pure. So if we have His love in us, we now have the ability to give at the same level that He gave. Without that love, we do not have that ability. I'm not saying somebody that didn't know God couldn't give you something, but it would not have the value of a gift given in love. Love is what gives a gift value. The, The love that God had for us is what gave Jesus the value. Amen? Jesus says the greatest value, of his, 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 his value is eternal and everlasting. What does it say? It says whoever believes in Him will what? Receive everlasting life. What's His value then? Everlasting and life. Amen? The, the gift now gives what it was given to do because it was given in love and its value is great. Amen? 
And that's the God we serve. And then in, uh, go to Matthew 5, 8. You guys ever get tired of talking about the love of God? You know, I really feel like if we can get a handle on that love, then we will take the limits off God through us. Amen? And the, and the, and the love in us is, is for more than just to feel warm and fuzzy. Right? I mean, I love to think about how God loves me. But I love more to have God love people through me. Amen? I mean, when you've done something because the Spirit prompted you to do it and you give in the capacity that God, that God gave you to give in and it changes somebody's world, that's awesome. And that's what love can do. And a gift given in love will always make that kind of difference. Amen? But everything we do for God, we're going to do from our heart. Right? Where's your faith? In your heart. Where do you believe? In your heart. Right? Where do you hope? In your heart. Everything you do is from your heart. Amen. For God. Right? Amen. And so, what, what do we want out of our heart? And it says right there in Matthew 5, 8, what, what God wants is He says, Blessed are the pure in heart, empowered to prosper, empowered to succeed, are the pure in heart. Those whose motives are pure. Those who have a clean heart. And they, because why? Because they can see God. It says, for they shall... That, he's not saying you'll go to heaven. Yes, you will. But he's saying you can't see God with an impure heart. You can't understand his ways, his motives. You know, think about this. People that don't know God blame God for all kinds of stuff. Why? Because they can't see him. They have an impure heart. They don't know God, therefore they blame God for all kinds of things that God's not even involved in. They have an impure heart. If they knew God, they'd have a pure heart or the ability to have a pure heart, and they would not blame Him because they could see Him correctly. Why? Because their heart is right. Right? Jesus came and He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to preach the gospel to the poor and to heal broken hearts. What's He saying? He's saying, not only do I these that are crushed in spirit, but these that can't see me right. If your heart's broken in everything you do, if faith comes from your heart and you have a broken heart, it ain't working. You have broken faith. If, if your love comes from your heart and your heart is broken, have you guys ever dealt with somebody whose spirit is crushed, who's ready to quit, who's down and out, and that's it for them? They're broken hearted. Right? They have no hope. Why? Because they hope from their heart and their heart's broke. It can't do what it's created to do. Right? And Jesus said, I came to heal those hearts. You know what? Every one of us had a break in our heart at one point or another. And it's not just because this person hurt me or that person. It's not always a hurt. Sometimes it's a wrong thought. That you've just carried and carried a tradition. It's broken. And people say, well, why don't you believe this? Well, because I can't believe that because this, this, and this. Well, your heart's broken. Right? Right? I like. I know David didn't mean it exactly this way, but three times in the book of Psalms, he said, my heart is fixed. How many want a fixed heart? I like having a fixed heart. Not a broken heart, a fixed heart. David said, my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. My heart is fixed, so I will sing praises to Him. A fixed heart has the ability with all their heart to praise Him and to trust Him. It, that's what he says. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
With, he, have you ever noticed what God asks for? He asks for all of it. He doesn't want part of your heart. He doesn't want a half gift. <laughs> you ever got a half gift? That's not a gift at all. <laughs> right? It'd be like me saying, here, I got a $50 bill, here's half, you got $25 now. <laughs> Try to spend that in the store. Why? You just took the value away from it. You tore it in half. Right? A gift can be $25, but it can't be a half of a 50. Right. <laughs> you guys with me? Because <laughs> a half of a 50 has no value. Right? Unless you get the other half. So if I give you half of a 50, that's not a very good gift. Right? God doesn't want half of a heart. He wants a whole heart. Because with a whole heart, remember what he said to Asa? He said, he said, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, looking for someone whose heart is perfect towards him. And everybody thinks, oh, I don't think I could have my heart perfect towards you. Yeah, love him. That's what he's looking. He's looking for somebody who loves him and trusts him with all their heart. Look what he did for Asa when Asa did this. Asa prayed and defeated an army much larger than him. But then when he decided to do it himself, he failed because the eyes of the Lord couldn't see him because his heart was no longer perfect towards him. Amen? We want to be the ones that are saying, Here I am. Here, God, look at me. Here, pure heart. Yeah, whole, all of it. Take me. Huh? I mean, we, we, want, we want flares and everything else. We want to shoot them off. We want God to see us. And you know what a pure heart is? It is a flare to God. A pure and perfect heart is... And that's a heart that first and foremost loves Him. And secondly, it loves others. His motivation was love. Therefore, He wants our motivation to be love. No other reason. Now, I know there are people in here, me me included, who give and we do expect a harvest. Why? Because we give in love and we give to benefit someone else. If you just give to expect a harvest, you missed the whole middle. <laughs> okay? Second hmm. Corinthians 9, verse 7. says, Every man according to according what he has purposed in his heart, let him give that way. In other words, if you didn't purpose it in your heart, I don't care if you wrote a $100 check. If the purpose of your heart was one cent, the value of your gift was one cent. What if you only had a dollar, but the purpose in your heart was 100000 He sees the heart. Exactly right. God's looking at the heart of the giver, not the size of the gift. Amen? And He's looking at the heart. He's saying... Don't give grudgingly. He's not being mean here. He's saying don't give grudgingly. Don't give out of necessity. Don't give because you have to. And don't give because you need me to manipulate me to do something for you. Give because you love me. Right? And give what you've purposed in your heart. I want my heart to purpose big now. Amen? And see, you've got so many people that say, well, I don't have anything to give. You have everything to give. Brother Moore said it over and over again. No, there's nobody that doesn't have something to give. 
whether it's a nickel, a dime, time, right? Effort, love, peace, joy. You have it. And we have that to give. Every person has something to give. Purpose, therefore, in your heart to give. And give the gift its greatest value. The receiver doesn't give the gift its value. The giver does. What's he say? It's more blessed to give than receive. Why? Because the giver is the one that gives the gift the value. Right? Givers that give with strings take the value out of their gift. When you give with a string, in other words, I need to know what you did with that. I gave you $1,000, Leslie. What would you do with that? Because I, I had in mind, you know, God told me what you were supposed to do with it. Right? Well, that's not a gift at all. That has nothing to do with a gift. You know, we're about upon the Christmas trading season right now. Right? Yeah, it's the great trade. What? They got me a gift? Great. I got to go back to the mall. I got to find them something. Do we have anything left over from last year that we can re gift? Because. Because I don't want, you know, they got me something. I got to get them something. That's not a gift, guys. That's called trade and barter. And it has no value except for what it did for you. It made you upset because you had to go back to the mall. Right? And it couldn't possibly have blessed the person you gave it to. Right? When we buy a gift this year for Christmas, let's give it with no expectation. And if somebody gives you a gift and you haven't gotten them one also, say, bless you, brother. And walk away and receive their gift. And then let them decide. Now, if you walk away and say, I gave them a gift and they didn't give me one, guess they don't know how this Christmas stuff works. (laughs) Guess what? Jesus was the greatest gift ever and you didn't give God nothing back for it and you ain't got nothing even close to a value to give back for it. Right? We're not working to get God to love us. Right? God loves us and we love Him. Therefore, we give out of this love and He gave the same love that He gave to us from. Amen? Right? We're not, we're not if givers, we're because givers. <laughs> right? Right? Well, think, think about this. People say to their kids, if you'll do this, I'll do this. That's not giving. Right? And people, they put that on God. They say that's how God gives. He says, I'll bless you if. God says I'll bless you because. Right? <laughs> Look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. It's not our works. It's not what we do for God that causes Him to do for us. He has already done for you. In other words, Jesus isn't going to die on the cross and go to hell for you again. He already has. And He did it not if you would receive Him, because He believes you will receive Him. Amen? He did it because He loves you. Right? The gift comes because you love Him. If is a law. Right? If you look through the book book of Leviticus, it says if they do this, this should happen. If they do this, this should happen. If they do this, this should happen. 
Right? <laughs> look at Psalm 91. Let's, let's look at some work. Psalm 91, 9 says, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is thy refuge, even the most high thy habitation. What do they say? Because you've made the Lord. Now, years ago, I was, I was bartering with Ramsey to get her to do something for me. And I said, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And God said, stop that. You're trying to buy her. I said, what? He said, don't tell her what she'll get for doing it. Let her know you're good and trust you. And then do it because you're good and she trusts you. And then give her the because. I'm not saying God's telling everyone to do that. That's what he told me. Maybe he'll have you guys barter with your kids forever. I don't know. <laughs> but what I wanted Ramsey to learn is to trust a good God. And don't have to know what he'll do for her. Just know it will be good. We don't always need to know what God will do. Why? He's good. He'll do the right thing. We just need to do what He asks. And this is what this is saying. It says that the first of this, you know what? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. What's He saying? He that chooses me. He that chooses to be with me, to dwell with me, to do the things that I like, to to have my love in Him. He that chooses me. He that chooses me, then these are the things that will happen to him. He says, because he's chose me, he's made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, his habitation. What's going to happen to him? What, what happens to this guy? No evil comes to him. No plague comes near his dwelling. Why? Because he did it. Not if he did it. Because he did it. And I know we think we're mincing words, but we're not. You don't have to know what God's going to do for you. He's going to do a good thing. Make him your dwelling. Right? He's going to do good. He's a good God. He only does good. We don't need to know all the time because He may want to do better than you think. And if He says, I'm going to do this, that's all He'll do (laughs) once He puts His Word out. Why do you want to make Him do that? He'll do better if you don't make Him. Right? What did, what, did he tell, what did he tell Solomon after he asked? He didn't ask for riches. and He said, I just want wisdom and I need to know how to handle all these people, God. And God said, you know what? Because you've asked for that, because you've asked for that, because you've asked for that, not only do you get the wisdom, but riches and honor. Amen? That's the kind of God we serve. It's, he's, he's a because God. Amen? And don't get me wrong, there's some ifs in there. There are some qualifiers to some of the things that, that we do for Him and through Him. But in this case, He says, because thou hast made the Lord, that no evil will come. He'll give angels charge over you, protection. He'll give you, and you're not paying for it, you're loving Him. You're trusting Him, you're making Him your refuge. Amen? Notice it doesn't say, because He sits on the front row of church. Because he works in the parking lot, because he never misses church, because he smiles all the time, because, no, it's not our works. He's not looking for works. Not because you read your chapter every day last week. And people say, well, I'd never do that. We do it all the time. We say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I tithe. I'm always at church. I listen to the Word day and night. I do this, and I'm still not getting it. Why did you have to mention all that stuff you're doing? I mean, you guys have never done that, but I have, so don't do that. Right? We've done it with other people. We said, oh, 
what happened? Why did they go young? They were such a great person and an asset to the church and, and they've always done good and they gave and they believed God healed and then they went early? What are you doing? You're bringing up all their works before God. Are you saying, God, you should have done this and didn't? You don't know their heart. You don't know. You don't know what happened. You don't know. People can say, maybe you don't understand, Dave. Yeah, Dave does understand. His mom went way earlier than he thinks that she should have. But I ain't blaming God. I'm going to get on her when I get to heaven. (laughs) Say, look here, I had to do a lot of stuff you were supposed to stay and do, young lady. (laughs) Uh, She put everything in me I would ever need. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. But it doesn't say because of what you've done. It says because you've made him your refuge. Because you've made him refuge, then this will happen. And then you go back to verse 14 in Psalm 91. It says, because you've set your love upon him. Because he set his love upon me. In other words, you've chosen to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. You've chosen God over everything. And because you've done this, he's not saying if you'll do this. This isn't a qualifier. He's saying because you've done it. He's saying because you've done it, I'll deliver you and I'll set you on high. You know, people are looking at this and saying, I'm going to do this so this will happen. Do it because you love the Lord and this will happen. Don't look at what's going to happen. Look at loving the Lord. Our part is loving the Lord. You're not loving Him because He sets you on high. You love Him and He will set you on high. See, we're trying to love Him so we can have something. And where He's saying, love me and you'll have something. But we've got the so we can have something ahead of the love. Many times. We don't. You guys don't. But you guys are doing great. You keep looking at me. Talking about Dave. Dave's learning. I'm going to get there, guys. Thank you. And he'll call upon me and I'll answer him. Why? Because he loves me. He's known my name. In other words, he loves me and he knows who I am. Right? If you know who God is, then you now can see who he's made you to be. You first got to know who God is, then you'll know who you are. Right? If you don't know your dad's the king, are you the prince? Right? But if your dad is the king and you know it, you now are the prince. Or the princess. What's it say? Every little girl should be a princess. <laughs> Had to add that in. Because. Because he tithes. Because he sows. Because, he's a gift, because he gives every week. Because he sits on the front row. Because he sings loud. He's in the choir. Oh, he goes to the clean team every week on the parking lot. Oh, is he a server? Because he serves. I'll deliver him. Because, because, well, he said it, to, said it the first service, because, 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 because of all of the wonderful things he does. <laughs> We're into the Wizard of Oz theme, aren't we? <laughs> it's not because of all of the wonderful things he, we do. It's because of all the wonderful things he is. And because of all of the wonderful things he is, we have all these wonderful things. Amen? That's the God we serve. And our gifts 
get their value from His love and our love through them. Amen? Amen. Remember the widow? What did she give? Two mites and a farthing. Put it on the screen. What is it? It's, uh, it's in here somewhere. It's in here. Mark 12, 41. It says the widow, it says Jesus sat and he was watching the offering and he beheld down the people casting their money in the treasure. And it says there were very rich people giving big gifts. Very rich people giving very large gifts. Hmm? Is that what he said? He says the rich cast in much. And, and, and Jesus said that. You reckon Jesus knew what much was? Yeah, Jesus knew what much. He wouldn't have said much if it wasn't much. It was a much gift. Amen? And then he said in verse 42, And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites and a farthing. i got to tell you, those don't even sound like big words. Mites and farthings. If you only have a couple of mites that make a farthing, actually. Two mites make a farthing, so you get two little specks that make a small, a larger speck. She gave a small, what people would consider a small gift, Right? This is small. He, he's, he's letting us know. She gave two mites and a farthing. Right? And in verse 43, He called unto His disciples and He said unto them, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow has cast in more. Wait, more than the guy that gave $50,000? Her gift is worth more than the $50,000? Her two mites now just went up over whatever the biggest gift in that in that offering was doesn't matter what it was her gift had greater value than that whatever her gift was and whatever the biggest gift given was it doesn't matter jesus said she gave more the value of her gift was determined by her heart not two mites and a farthing the value of our gift, whether it be money, whether it be time, whether it be service, whether it be a hug, whatever it is, whether it be peace, joy, the value of it is determined by the heart giving it, Amen. not the gift. Amen? Amen? Given right, it can be more valuable than any gift, no matter how. Somebody said, man, I got $100,000 yesterday. And you say, here, brother, I just love you. Take this. It's what I'll have in my pocket. And if the person that gave them a hundred gave it so that they would be known to have given a hundred, your gift would be more, worth more than a hundred thousand dollars. Right? Doesn't matter what it said on the outside of the mite. It said, "In God we trust," or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what mites had on them. Yeah, whatever it had on it, or whatever its worth was on the outside of it, it mean that meant nothing to God because He looked in the heart and got its value. How many know that her harvest was from her heart, not the farthing? Her harvest came off greater than whoever else, whoever threw the big. Her harvest was bigger than the biggest gift given that day. Amen? Glory to God. This is how God looks at things. And He's saying, give in love. Why did she give? It doesn't, you know, people say, well, she gave because she was in need. No, it doesn't say that. It says she gave. Why? Because she loved the Lord. That's the only way that gift could have had the value that it had. She gave of her living because she loved the Lord. That's how gifts get value from our love.
they get value from the way they're given. She gave because she loved. Amen? When we give this way, this is when we give this way, we enable God. What's it say? He's able to make all grace abound when we give right. When we give in a pure heart, when we give, he's able to make all grace abound. Right? Think about this. The rich young ruler, we were talking about him last time I taught, right? He ran up to Jesus and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you know the commandments. You know, don't commit adultery. Don't, uh, don't steal. Right? Don't lie. Honor your father and mother. Man, he said, all these I've done. Jesus was getting ready to ask him to do the first and greatest commandment. People say, no, he asked him to sell all he had to pour. No, he said, sell all you have and give. (laughs) Jesus said, sell all you have and give. Why? He wanted to empower him. Right? Because giving is love. Right? You have to love someone to truly give. Right? And you have to love the Lord to sell all you have. So what did he say? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. What did he say? He said, sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me. What did he say? And, and why did the guy go around why sad? It didn't rejoice his heart, did it? He went away like this. Oh, he just asked for everything I got. And guys, I'm a professional at this because I've done it. I'll, here, I'll, let me show you how you do it in case you guys do want to do it. God just asked for everything I've got. i got to quit my businesses and give up all my money. you got to find a place to sit. <laughs> got to rub your forehead. Because this is serious, you know. God may not be able to handle you. He may not be big enough to get to bless you. That's what I'm saying when I, when I take this stance. When I walk away and I'm sad because of something God asked me to do, I now don't trust Him anymore. And I'm trying to figure out how I'll make it if I do what He says. What do you mean, how will you make it if you do what He says? He's God! He can rain bread out of heaven and have ravens bring you food if He has to. He can give you a, a thousand-fold crop return in a, in a famine. He's God. When God asks us to do something, we should rejoice. Because He's not trying to take away. He's trying to get to. Amen? And so when you're... Oh, oh Lord... How can you ask something so hard of me? And you make it sound really... You've got you to gotta do all the drama. You know, you need to say, oh, I've got to go away and think about this. You know, once you do that, you might as well say, no, I'm not going to do that. And you know, that's what people think this guy did, but we don't know that. He may come back. Jesus didn't quit on him. Did he? No, he said at the end of the, the disciples, they go, oh, who can be saved then? If rich people can't be saved, who can be saved? And Jesus said, uh, with man things are impossible, but with God? What's he doing? He's speaking over that boy. He didn't quit on him. He's saying, with God, all things are possible. He can come back today. God doesn't give up on nobody. 
Right. Ever, ever, ever. Right. Ever. You can put a sour puss on your face for the, for the next 20 years and God will wake up one, the next morning and, sit and try to make you smile. There won't be a morning where He'll say, you know what, they have been sour for 20 years. I'm not even trying today. <laughs> He's not like us. He loves unconditionally. Every day He's going to give you an opportunity to smile if it's been 30 years since you smiled. Amen? Amen. He's, he's, we're, we're going to be like Him. I want to be like Him. Amen? Glory to God. Where did I get to? Our works. We want to say the right things but we don't want to just say the right things, right? What did what, what, they say? What did Jesus say in Mark 7, 6? He said, well, Isaiah's prophesied about you hypocrites. It's written, people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We don't want our hearts to be far from God. We don't want to just say things. We want to say things and have meaning to them, right? We want, to, we want our heart motivated. When your heart is motivated by love, you don't say things just to be saying them give you an example. If, if your kid, somebody gives something to your kid and you go, well, tell them thank you. They just gave you something, tell them thank you. You didn't teach them to be thankful. You taught them how to say thank you. Right? So they had thank you in their head, but no thankfulness in their heart. Right? You have people all the time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 Why do you say you're sorry so much? Because I mess up so much. Well, maybe you shouldn't say you're sorry and repent. Change, not repent. Ask forgiveness. Change. <laughs> then you don't have to say you're sorry because you're really not sorry. You're just saying it because you want them to think you're sorry. Right? I don't want to say thank you. I want to be thankful. Right? To God, I don't. I don't want to just tell Him thank you. I want to be thankful for all the good things He's done for me. Amen. I want my heart to be towards Him and with Him, not away from Him. I don't want to just honor Him with my lips. I want to honor Him with my heart. You can say things with your mouth that your heart has no involvement in. Right? You can. Or your heart has wrong involvement in because you really mean them bad. <laughs> okay, we won't go there. <laughs> Amen? We want to honor God with our lips. We want to honor Him with everything we do. We want our motivation to be pure. When we say something, we want to say something because it has value and gives value to the hearer. Amen? When we do something, when we do a work, when we do a work of service for the Lord, we don't want to do it just because it's what everyone else is doing. And you know what they say from the pulpit, you got to serve. You know what? You don't got to serve. You get to serve. And service with the right heart has eternal value. Service unto the Lord, whether it be giving, whether it be servings, cleaning, parking lot, teaching, singing, doesn't matter. Done with the right heart, it has value that lasts beyond your lifetime. 
How many know that there are people's tapes and books and things that they did in their lifetime that they're no longer here that are still making a difference in the lives of thousands every day? How many know that the gift given to Jesus by the lady when she broke the, the box of perfume on His feet and He said, this will, be, this will be remembered forever. And we're still talking about it today. Why? Because it has eternal value. It is still giving beyond the day it was given. Because it was given out of a right heart. What? Thankfulness for her forgiveness. Love for the Savior. Amen? Gifts given that way, their value is eternal. Amen? When we receive things that way, their value is eternal. Glory to God. Boy, I've really messed up my notes here, so we'll just have to go this way. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. First Corinthians 3 and verse 12. So it's, kind of, it's right where we were in the offering this morning. He's talking about building on a foundation that He's laid. What, what foundation? The foundation of love in God that He's laid for these people that He's already started. Amen? And He said, if any man lay upon this foundation... In other words, if there's any other works, if they lay upon this foundation gold, silver, stones, wood, hay, or stubble. i got, I got other names for those. Wood, hay, and stubble? Uh-huh. That fits my schedule. That's wood. I like it. That's hay. Makes me feel good. That's stubble. If those are your motivations, they're wrong. Right? You know, you got people who say, yeah, I need to do a work for the Lord. And I've always wanted to live in Acapulco. I need to go on a mission trip there. <laughs> you, ever, you ever notice their work ended up where they wanted to be? <laughs> and you know what? That may be true at times. But on the other hand, what if He asks you to go somewhere you don't want to be and do something you don't want to do? Huh? And then you do it with the joy set before you because you know the value of the gift you're, ready, you're getting ready to give. Amen? Then it becomes silver, gold, and precious stones. Huh? Well, what's He say in the, in the next verse? He says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. Everybody's work is made manifest. How? What if fire comes down on your work? Just think, just think about what you're doing. No matter what you're doing for God or what you're doing for people, think about what you're doing and think about if fire came down right now, and would that, would that burn up like wood, hay, or stubble, or would it be refined like silver, gold, or precious stones? Because if your work has the wrong motive, if it's out of an impure heart, its value is only momentary. And when the fire comes down, poof, it's gone. Wood, hay, stubble, that's what you start fires with. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. when it's time to start a fire, you don't say, hey, bring me the rubies, the gold, and the silver. We're getting ready to start a fire. No, you say, bring me the wood, the hay, and the stubble because, man, it'll, it'll flame up just like that. And its value is that fleeting. What's he saying? If the motivation of your heart is wrong, then, then, the, then the value of the gift is that long. But when the motivation of your heart is right, it lasts like gold 
And silver, how many, how many know how long gold and silver last? They last forever. And guess what happens to them as they get older? They gain value. They gain value. They don't lose value. They don't even keep their value. They gain value. Precious things gain value. Precious gifts, get, they have eternal value. And they go on and work and work and work and work for as long as they're given. Amen? How many want gold, silver, huh? Anybody want wood, hay, and stubble? Right? How many, how many people want to be given wood, hay, and stubble? <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't need your best. Just give me some wood, hay, and stubble, okay? Right? That's like going into a restaurant and saying, you know what? You got anything left over from yesterday? <laughs> really? I'm not looking for a good gift here. Just throw, throw something at me. God wants our best, and He wants us to give our best because He can do miraculous things with it. Amen? He can take our best gifts given in a right heart, and He can change lives. He can change countries. Huh? Remember uh, Mother Teresa? Gave up being a princess. Hmm? To serve people. Gave it up. Her gift still goes on today. It was like, oh, she was Catholic. Stop that. Her gift was given in love, and its value is still moving on today. And it changed a nation. Why? Because gifts given in love do. Amen? Glory to God. I like it. You want to see you want to see an exact gift given in love in the Bible? Go to uh, Luke five, verse seventeen. This is precious stones right here. It says it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every... People came from everywhere. Pharisees, doctors of the law, man, they're coming to see Jesus. They came out of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was there to heal them. There must have been some sick doctors of the law and Pharisees there. I'll guarantee you there was some broken-hearted ones, and the power of the Lord was there to heal them. Huh? And it said, And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, And they sought by means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. What was their motivation? What was their motivation? At this point, you know that they believe Jesus could heal him. You don't know their motivation yet. You can can see part of their heart because four guys picked up a guy and said, Hey, let's go. So you're starting to see their heart right now. You want to see real heart? Look at the next verse. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they said, forget it. This is too hard. You're asking too much. You know what? We were going to get you in there, but the crowd's too big. You know, come on, guys. Let's go home. You know, now if their motivation would have only been to see Jesus, they would have quit. That's right. 
You get lots of people that come to services and they say, oh, I can't get in the front. Yeah, we're going. Oh, overflow? <laughs> Whew. <laughs> hey, I can tell you right now, when I first came, kind of started going back and getting into the things of God, I went to go see Brother Jesse at Eagle Mountain. And it was years ago. It's back in the 90s. And uh, years ago, back in the 90s. <laughs> Way back when. <laughs> Walked uphill all the way there in the snow. <laughs> and uh, we got in there and uh, no seats. And I can tell you right now, I did not like it. I had to go to overflow. You know, and I went and I got my joy back eventually. But I thank God I still remember the sermon he preached to this day. And would I remembered had I kept my bad attitude and my low motivation? No. Glory to God. Yeah. He preached on not my joy, not, your, not, not the joy like the world gives you, but my joy. Yeah. That's what he preached on. Glory to God. <laughs> Obviously he was talking to me. <laughs> it's like, your joy ain't working out, brother. Maybe you, better, hey, you need to try something else, huh? <laughs> no, they didn't, they didn't just walk one day and say, hey, Jesus is in town. Let's find a cripple guy and take him there because then we'll get in. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you right now, we have people when we have big meetings. <laughs> Strike that from the record. Jury, you're not to regard that. <laughs> no. They knew this man and they loved him. And he needed healing and they knew the healer was in that house. Love for him was getting ready to meet love for him. Amen? And they, they couldn't find a way in and they went up on the housetop. Not their housetop. Somebody else's housetop. This is, you're looking at a motivated heart here. They, they carried a man up on the house. He's dead weight. If you're lazy, you're not going to do this. But a heart motivated by love doesn't quit. When it sees a roadblock, it finds a detour. And it gets to where it's going. Amen? Right? I remember <laughs> this morning I got tested first thing. They're having the bike ride here in Branson today. Well, they completely blocked me. I mean, where I live, I couldn't go right or left. I called Jeff Manneth and he said, Hey, do you know how I can get to church? Because I'm supposed to preach today. It's going to be bad if I don't get there. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm telling Kim, I'm like, Can you please watch my mouth? Because I know I'm getting ready to say things that aren't going to help me preach right now. So I'm going to need a little help. Yeah, just Dave, full of the Holy Ghost. I did okay, didn't I? <laughs> and I got here on time. <laughs> Where was I? Wow, shouldn't be talking about that stuff. Love won't get stopped. Love, a motivated gift. See, this is a gift that they're giving this guy. He couldn't get there on his own. This is their gift to him. And this gift is being given in love. Amen? 
when love gets on it, it don't quit. Right? Love saw no way in, so it went up. And it got on the housetop, and it says it tore through the tiles. It didn't tear through the hay. This was a tile roof. It tore through the tiles, and then they put his, they, they lowered his mat, his couch, down in front of Jesus. And what's interesting to me is Jesus seems to be the only one that looked up. He looked up, and he saw their gift. What? Their work of faith motivated by love. He looked up and he saw their faith. He didn't see the man's faith on the mat. He saw their faith. What? Faith motivated by love. Faith motivated by love always works. It always gets the result it came to get. Amen? Why? Because its motivation is pure. It had only one motive. They didn't want to be seen. It does, you know what? There's nothing else in the Bible about, oh, these guys had a big parade for them later because they lowered the guy through the roof and they put their names on a big plaque on that house and said because they lowered the guy through the roof. This roof was broken open by these people and this man healed here. No! They don't need their name on the stadium. They want the man healed. Glory to God! Why? Their motive is pure. You want to know why people get things? Love. Love. This is the motivator. What what was Jesus trying to get to the rich young ruler? He was trying to get the one thing he was missing. Love. Love for God. Love for people. If I can get you to operate in that, you'll have way more money than you got now. Amen? Amen? It says they lowered him down, and Jesus looked up, and he saw their faith. And he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And everybody in there said, yes! Look what love did! No. They said, they didn't even look at the miracle. They're like, they didn't even look at what these men had done for this man. They didn't even see the, 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 the value or the size of the gift. All they saw was their tradition and hard-heartedness. And they said, you can't forgive sins. What did that have to do with this gift? They could have received their healing that day had they rejoiced over their brother. Two different motives there. You want to be the guy on the roof or the guy in the seat? Roof. Put me on the roof every time. Why? What's it saying? Look at Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 1 3. Look at it in the Amplified. It says, Recalling unceasingly before our God and the Father your work. What's he he saying? Your work. Are we going to do work? Yeah. Yeah, ministry is work. Done right. It's the greatest work you ever do because everything you do is a gift. Everything you do is a gift. And everything you do has possibilities of eternal value. Everything you do in ministry, everything you, you mean when I'm sitting here pulling the leaves out of the plants, that's eternal? Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. You know, we had somebody one time that liked the way the ushers' jackets were pressed, so they kept coming to church. Everything done right has value and eternal value. Don't devalue your gift. That's your gift. Amen? 
If you, if you devalue it by saying, well, I'm just an usher, or all I do is this, you don't, all you, that's, that's like saying, that's like your heart saying, well, I'm not going to work today because all I really do is pump blood. <laughs> right? What if, what if you wake up one morning and your leg says, you know, I'm just a leg. You can go like this all day. <laughs> Why? Because just a leg decided his gift wasn't important enough. Every part is important. And every part has a precious stone to give. Amen? Do not devalue your gift by giving it wrong or looking or devaluing it by looking at its you giving it its value instead of God. Let God give your gift value. Amen? Paul said, I recall unceasingly before God your work energized by faith and service motivated by love. He's not looking at any other works except for the ones that are energized by faith and motivated by love. Why? Because the other ones have no value. The ones he's going to recall, the ones people will remember are the ones energized by faith and services motivated by love with an unwavering hope. Praise God. What? Faith, hope, and love working together? Yeah. That's exactly what God's looking for. He's looking for you to get a hold of His love and take the faith that He's put in your heart and motivate your faith with this love and change where you're at. Amen? Whatever your gift is. Whatever your gift is, when you motivate it by love and do it in faith because of that love, then its value is greater than you give it any day. Amen? Love is our motivation. Love is our motivation to serve. Love is our motivation to give. Love is our motivation. 1 Corinthians 14, and we'll close with this. It says, follow the way of love. What's he saying? He's not just saying... Oh, there's love, there's love. He's saying, do what love does all the time. Live in love. Walk in love. Listen to love. Do things through love. Do things in love. You be love. Why? Because he's been talking about spiritual gifts. If you think about it, what he talked about the whole chapter before this, he talked about love. Before that, he talked about spiritual gifts. Then he talks about love. Then he starts talking about spiritual gifts again. Why? Spiritual gifts without love mean nothing. Why? They're no longer a spiritual gift. (laughs) They're not a gift. What did he say? He said, give all you have to the poor, have your body be burned, and have not love. Zero value. What's a a gift with zero value? It's not a gift. If somebody says, here, have this, are you going to take it? (laughs) Come on. There's nothing there. (laughs) You can't take it. But if you put something in there, you got something to give. Love, it was what gives every gift. Spiritual, natural, service, time, money, whatever it is, love is what gives it its value. And he's saying, follow after love, then eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Because if you'll eagerly desire spiritual gifts and use love to operate them, you're eternal. Everything you do has value. Glory to God. When you prophesy, you'll prophesy in love. Right? You'll tell somebody something that they need to hear and that's good for them to hear and will change their life. Amen? Right? 
Didn't God say, stir up the gifts within you? To Pete, when he was writing in Timothy? Stir up the gifts. How do you stir them up? Love. Love. You stir your gifts with love. Why? That's how they work. They don't work any other way. We are a church that can change lives everywhere we go if we'll operate in the love that God has put in us and we'll give the way God has taught us. How did He teach you? He taught you by giving you Jesus. And He said, I've given you this. Give in the very same way. Give everlastingly. We have it. It's in us. Everything we have in us, the love of God is everlasting. When we give a gift through that love, its value is everlasting to the receiver. And it can change the life of the person you give it to, your life, and thousands of lives. How many know one day somebody witnessed to a man named Billy Graham? Huh? You reckon they knew, oh, this is the guy that's going to preach to millions and they're going to get saved. No! He didn't even know his name. He just preached. And Billy came forward. And that gift is still giving today. You don't know what your gift is doing. Trust God that it's doing everything He wants it to through the love He gave you. And change the world around you. Amen? Stand to your feet, everybody. Glory to God. I think He's helping us. I think He's put all this stuff in us and He's saying, get ready. Get ready. It's time to use it. The the fields are white. They're ripe for harvest. And there are not enough people willing to go out and do. There's a lot of people that will sit in a pew. Guess what? Everything we learn today does us no good if we only use it in church. You want to start in church, don't trust, trust me. If you can't love in here, you're going to be really tough to love when they block your road. <laughs> Amen? So let's get this in us and let's do some changing outside of these walls. Amen? Amen. Got a song?